Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Rundown, presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Nolan O'Hara. This week, we're going to shift into talking about the men's hockey team. The Gophers are currently the fourth-ranked team in the country and are coming off a sweep of Notre Dame. So today, I'm here with Anna Landis, our hockey beat reporter. How's it going, Anna? It's good. I'm glad to be back in the office. its uh, I know we spoke about this before recording, but it's been quite a long time, so... Good to be back and good to be talking about the Gophers, and uh, they're doing pretty well recently. So, Right, for sure. It's definitely not here as frequently as we used to be in uh, pre-COVID times, but it is good to be in the office here again today. And uh, I'm happy to have you here to talk about the team so far this year. It's We haven't we haven't talked hockey on the podcast, so I'm excited to go into that a little bit. Um and for anyone who hasn't been following the team super closely, Gophers are currently ranked fourth. They're 16-5. and five. Um, They've been ranked in the top 10 all year long, and we're sitting at number one for a good chunk of the season because um, they started the season 10-0. and 0. Um, And most recently, they swept Notre Dame for a pair of 3-0 wins. Um, it came after an ugly series against Wisconsin last the week before. And I kind of want to first talk about the series against Notre Dame. Um, Anna, what did you make of this series as a bounce back for the Gophers? And what were they doing well that wasn't working the weekend before against Wisconsin? Yeah, so firstly, like the Wisconsin uh, series, it was very much um, sort of a reset. And when I asked Coach after the Wisconsin series, he was like, I'm going to sit with this for 24 hours and then I'm going to assess and then they hit practice really hard that week. Um, they were very focused. They were very driven. And they they understood where they had made mistakes. Um, they had sort of lacked intensity. And then they came into Notre Dame. They were kind of just doing everything right. They scored uh, right away. And then when they came out against Notre Dame, they were very much aware of where their they had been lacking against Wisconsin. Um, their forwards stepped up in a big way. Um, Captain Sammy Walker in that first game on Friday, he he scored a goal first, and then he also assisted on Blake McLaughlin's um, empty net goal in the third period. They were um, um, and they were just very aware of where they needed to be on the ice. They um, scored on the power play where they have been having some struggles, um, and overall, they just prevented any chance from Notre Dame. They when you go in against Notre Dame, they are very well known for being a sort of shutdown, defensive, like one goal game sort of team to play against, um, which the Gophers have had trouble against in the past, but they um, came out strong offensively and they were able to uh, prevent any goals from Notre Dame. And they also were able to take advantage of um, a few miscommunications in that first Friday game. There was a sort of very uncharacteristic um, defensive breakdown from the Fighting Irish. They collided at the face, two Irish players, they collided at the face-off dots, and that just allowed uh, Brandon McManus just, you know, a great opportunity to score. And then um, LaFontaine obviously was playing extremely well um, after that Wisconsin series. That was sort of a rough go for all of the goaltenders. Um, and he was just dialed in. He was very focused. Um, 
and then he, you know, he did that two nights in a row. Um, and I think, too, part of that was um, after, you know, against Wisconsin, that second Wisconsin game, they lost by 8-1, which it was, a rough it, one. It, was, it was very rough. And it was, um, that's the most lopsided goal or end, uh, end score this season. And um, I think the players were very intent on, getting LaFontaine that shutout that third or that um that first night against Notre Dame because they knew like that weekend had been rough for him and all the other goaltenders um I think Sampo ran to post game he said something to that effect of you know when we were in that position to give him that shutout we were working hard because we wanted um to give that to him because he's been working hard all season he's um always you know really dedicated and we just want to play well in front of him. For sure, yeah. It was uh, it was kind of like they beat Notre Dame at their own game, you know, it's a couple of 3-0 uh, wins. Um, and back-to-back shutouts from LaFontaine, who, who really has been a big part of the team's success this year. He has four shutouts this season, including those two. Um, what has kind of made the difference for him this year? Like, he was a solid goaltender last year, but he wasn't the, like, where he's been this year, where he's probably one of the better goaltenders in, in college hockey, I guess. Where What's been the difference in his play? Where has he kind of taken that jump from last season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you're right when you say he is arguably one of the best goaltenders in college hockey. He's nominated, nominated, excuse me, for the Hobie Baker and the Mike Richter, which is um, like the MVP and then like the top goaltender award. Um, and he's just, he is just a very good athlete. He is just very focused and he is very driven he he just knows what needs to be done in a game and he like whenever um you know they have a loss or something like that he always knows like or he always says to us in media like we just have to go back to basics we just have to go back to fundamentals and his fundamentals are really strong he is a little older um as a senior he is a senior but he is a little older because he did take some time um in junior hockey and he has just been I feel like it's not necessarily a jump it's just he's just stepping up and continuing to build on um his skill set and he um he he's just very focused like I said and he knows um you know he knows his game and at this point in the season it's um he's playing really well and you can see that in he's never really put in a position where he seems like surprised or taken aback. He's just very focused. And something I always notice um, in terms of his preparedness is um, <clears throat> like pregame, he, he'll go out in ice and, hit, you know, this is a podcast, so you can't see my hands, but he'll do these little reps of like he'll stick out his blocker, like one, two, three, and like track it with his eyes. And then he'll do it with his glove, like one, two, three, and he does that every single game. And it's it's very, you know, goalies, not necessarily in pop culture, but in sports culture, they sort of have this reputation of like, oh, goalies are crazy. And it's, some goalies are a little bit, but he's, you know, he's not, I would say he's just, he's very focused and very driven. And that shows up in his game. And he, you know, he's, he's very, um, he's a very elite level goalie. And I think, um, you know, in college hockey, you can't always tell because goalies, sometimes they take longer to develop or they take um, a little longer to get to an NHL level. But he is 
he's playing his best hockey right now. And he, um, this is his last year with the Gophers. He was selected um, 75th overall from the 2016 NHL draft by the Hurricanes. Um, so he's, I guess it's not necessarily just one thing that he's changed. It's just he has continually improved his game. And I think also the team around him has gotten better, a little bit older. And so that just allows him to, con- you know, to keep working on his game and getting better. For sure, yeah, kind of that, like, all-around um, improvement. And, yeah, it was it was fun watching him the first beginning of the year where he started every single game and, yeah. you know, Motsko just kept saying, like, this kid's a horse, you know. Yeah. He's, he's can just keep going and he never wants to uh, never wants to sit out. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, right. And, you know, obviously, too, you know, a goalie is important, but they can't do everything. And the Gophers, a lot of their best players are the blue liners in front of him. Um, you know, a lot of great defensemen on this team, a lot of young defensemen, too. They're mostly sophomores and freshmen, I guess. Who stood out to you um, on the on the blue line for the team? And uh, what have they been able to kind of do to make things difficult and make LaFontaine uh, – as good as he has been this year. Yeah, I think um, someone who stands out right away is uh, Jackson Lacombe. He is steadily, he's a sophomore, he's in steadily improving from his freshman year, um, you know, getting more games played, getting more up to speed with, like, the college level. He is a really mobile defenseman, um, sort of like that Bobby Orr archetype of, like, he is – He's always coming up and joining the play and like getting involved. And um, there was this highlight from a couple of games ago. I don't remember what which game it was now, but he he had the puck and he was just going around. And he is just he's very mobile. Um, he's always joining the play. There was a highlight um, from a couple of games ago. Um, I don't remember specifically which one. It was one of their home games, I think. But he. Um, he had the puck and he was just circling the um, the opponent's zone and he just held onto the puck for like a ridiculous amount of time. And it was, you know, really strong stick handling, good skating. And he just held on and waited and waited. And then he saw his opening and he scored this really nice goal. And it's, um, he's, you know, he's very exciting to watch that mobile defenseman, defenseman sort of, uh, player is more common now like as you know hockey overall in college hockey especially the skating is just improved so much in the last you know 10 years even five years and he has been um really valuable on both ends of the ice um he in 15 games he has scored three goals and 10 assists for 13 points which you know that's almost a point per game clip there and also notably i was just looking He has a plus 12, so plus minus is a stat where, you know, if they're on ice for a goal um, of their own team or an opponent's team, and he is plus 12, which is a really big improvement from last year. I think last year he was something like a plus one or a minus one. Um, So he is just, he's really involved in the play, um, just sort of in generating that offense and that transition um, from you know, one end of the ice to the other. And then next, I would say um, two freshmen that have been doing really well, um, Brock Faber and Mike Koster, or Mike Kester, sorry. 
I knew how to pronounce his name. No, I get I that just, one messed up too. I thought it was Coster for the first couple I know. of games. I kept hearing Kester. And I was like, Kester, oh, okay. yeah. So I knew how to pronounce it, and then I just mispronounced it the one time I had to say it out loud. So um, to Mike, I apologize. <laughs> but they've both been doing really well. Um, not as uh, prolific in terms of scoring points as Lacombe, but they have both... Um, you know, for freshmen, they have been getting really involved. They have been seeing a lot of ice time. Um, Faber has played 15 games, and Kester has played 19. Um, both of them are sort of in the middle of um, the team in terms of points. Uh, Kester has eight, and Faber has five. But I think both of them, like, they're, um, they're both pretty young. I mean, they're freshmen, but they're um, the types of plays they're doing and, like, the way they see the ice and sort of understand the game, you can kind of tell they are um, they are very skilled, and it's um, going to be exciting, I think, to see them progress and just add, um, you know, add to those resumes. And Brock Faber, he was on uh, the USA like national team development program, which is like a very elite sort of little club of um, like high school age players. And so to see one of those players come and play for the Gophers is really exciting because those kids are always very talented. Um, Kester is very talented as well. And then um, another one, another uh, defenseman I just want to mention, Carl Fish, he is also a freshman. Um, he is a graduate of St. Paul Johnson, which is a inner city sort of program. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I'm from Minneapolis, so it's a little bit of bias on my part. But for him to make it to this level, I think, is is notable. And he, after um, playing at Johnson, he went to the NAHL, which is um, a junior league that is um, in the United States. It's um, sort of like a, not like a tier down, but it's not as high up there as the USHL. But he, um, I think he's adjusted really well. He's played um a few games he scored his first goal um at home which i think you know it was a nice goal of his he has a lot of talent and so hopefully to be able um you know get him more involved in uh the plays get him some more ice time i think he will be a, a really good a really strong defenseman as well right for sure and i mean there's always some of the uh the Minnesota homerism, you know, there's going to be lots of fans who are going to be happy to see some uh, St. Paul City grads uh, playing for the Gophers and playing pretty well. Yeah, he was um, lucky enough. He scored at home, um, and he was able uh, to have some of his family in the stands when it happened. And in the post game, you know, he gave a shout out to his high school coach, and he he feels that as well. You know, to be able to like come to the U and represent. St. Paul and St. Paul Johnson, it's, you know, in, in media, we don't, you know, we I think we kind of romanticize it a little bit, but I think it, it says a lot about um, the recruiting and also just the strength of programs in Minnesota that we are able to recruit from. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's cool to see that um, he's able to score in, in front of some family too. You know, it's nice that they've been able to slowly work their way back to getting at least a couple fans in there, some friends and family of uh, of players at, at a couple games. Saw a couple at a, at a volleyball game the other night too. So that's been, that's been encouraging. And, um, you know, one other thing I kind of wanted to talk about with this team is 
they got off to obviously a really hot start. They were number one. They were ten and zero. They looked unbeatable for a while, um, and they have come back down to earth a little bit in their last ten or so games. Um, they first got swept by Notre Dame, but they've since come back and swept Notre Dame. Um, they got swept by Wisconsin and split with Wisconsin all in this kind of same period. So do you think, like, what is the difference between then and now? Have they just kind of fallen back down to earth? Um, is there anything Motsko said? I mean, obviously, it's being undefeated for forever is unsustainable, but is it is there been any drop-off, or is it something else that's kind of happening right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, sort of like you said, um, you know, conti- just going undefeated the whole season is impossible, but I think this strong start was like a really – strong indication of just their chemistry as a group and it's like okay when when we're firing on all cylinders this is what this team can do and it was it was really exciting because you had you know the defensemen um playing well the all the forwards they you know they were scoring um they're scoring those fancy goals but then um I think one big change from like this year to last year is like Sampo Ranta he last year he was sort of primarily like a sniper but now he's like He's in on the play and he's like, you know, muscling his way into the crease to like and like parking himself there to like score those gritty goals and um, score some gritty assists too. actually. Um, I think it was against Notre Dame. He had this ridiculous assist. He was facing backwards and had his stick like between his legs and passed it to someone behind him. And it is just crazy. And they. um that was a real pretty play. Yeah, it was insane. And I think, um, like, you know, you you don't go into a season, like, looking at the schedule, like, oh, we're going to sweep everybody, This, you know, like, no problem. Because especially in a league as big as the Big Ten, like, that just doesn't happen. Um, I think what has changed is that um, part of it was, you know, obviously that um, – you know, being number one and being undefeated, that sort of put a little bit of a target on their backs. And, you know, people were ready to come out and take that. And then I think the strongest indication of their improvement is that um, they bounce back from that really quickly. And I think that shows um, their maturity as a group and how they've, they've responded a lot better as compared to last year where maybe they would lose one and then they'd kind of go on like a four or five skid. Um and yeah, I think you know part again, part of it is they have kind of come back down to earth a little bit when they first got swept by Notre Dame, um Motsko described it as you know they got poked in the nose that weekend because um you know when you're up on that level and just like winning constantly um you you know you can only do that for so long, and also over time, people are gonna. You know, they're going to get film of your power play, of your penalty kill, and especially those special teams, that was something um, they were doing really well in the beginning. And then um, people kind of figured that out. They kind of, you know, cracked the code on that a little bit. And also that first um, sweep by Notre Dame, the most notable thing was Notre Dame came in and they were physical. They were hitting. They were, you know, kind of roughing them up in the corners. And they had not... um, really faced that in the beginning. And I think that was sort of a wake-up call for them because, like, 
you know, they're, they're not invincible. And so when, you know, when that happened, then they sort of struggled to respond to it and they sort of realized like, okay, we have to, you know, we have to do some work here. And they, they have responded really well. Um, they, you know, they lose to Wisconsin and or split that series and then they go and they sweep Arizona. They scored 20 goals on Arizona State. Like they, you know, they, they know when they mess up and they sort of are able to um, recalibrate better than I saw last year. Right, and I think um, Motsko's approach, too, has been helping with that. I know after the Notre Dame series, he was talking about the uh, one-on-one and two-on-two drills he had him doing all practice the following Monday. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a guess in that, uh, that that helped him wake up a little bit after those losses. Uh, and, you know, looking towards this weekend, the Gophers have another matchup coming up against Michigan State. Uh, they swept them earlier in the year, which was a little while ago, but what stood out to you about the Spartans then, and uh, who do you think the Gophers need to watch out for in this matchup? Right. So, you know, that was that was quite a while ago in terms of, I mean, it was in December, early December when they swept Michigan State, but um, just looking back, something they did really well they uh, their power play was clicking pretty well they scored um two power play goals in the f- that first game and then one in the second um and notably they um were able to draw quite a lot of penalties on Michigan State in that first game i think they had something like seven yeah seven power play opportunities um which is you know a lot and they um it's been a while, so I don't really have a good, uh, the best frame of reference for like comparison because both teams have played quite a lot of games since then. But just for comparison, um, their top score is um, Mitch Lewandowski. He has scored 10 points in 17 games. Um, and Minnesota's leading scorer, or not leading scorer, but um, most points goes to Ben Myers. He is leading the team with 20 points in 16 games. Um, So there's, you know, there's quite a bit of difference there. Um, And then just comparing goalies there, Drew DeRider, or DeRitter, who is their starting goalie, he has a 2.51 goals against average in LaFontaine, um, even with that sort of lopsided uh, Wisconsin game. He has a 1.14. So they, um, so Minnesota has a pretty good chance here to continue winning um, and play well against Michigan State. Michigan State's last series, they did split with Arizona State, um, which would be something to watch out for, um, but they have a pretty solid chance of being able to continue. Uh, If they got, to put it frankly, if they got swept by Michigan State, I would be very surprised. I'd be uh, pretty surprised myself if if they got swept by Michigan State. I uh, I don't really see that one happening. Um, but is there anything you do expect to see or any predictions that you have about the game? Yeah, I would say uh, it's very within the realm of possibility that we see a goal from Blake McLaughlin. He had th- he's been playing really well offensively as of late, and he had this streak going. Um, 
at Notre Dame. Like, he scored every time they went to Notre Dame, which unfortunately got snapped on Saturday after a um, very lengthy offside review, um, which was unfortunate because it wasn't caught on the original play. Um, but he has been doing well, and I would expect maybe he, you know, Maybe he's looking to add one after uh, getting that one taken back. And then I also wouldn't be too surprised um, if they um, put Jared Moe in goal for one of these games. LaFontaine obviously has been working very hard. A back-to-back shutout is kind of, you know, you can't really do much, ask more than that from your goalie. So if they gave him one night of rest, I wouldn't be uh, too surprised. But also we have seen them just continuing to let him play when he's been playing well. So that remains to be seen. They may have already made a decision on goaltenders, but generally we don't know until the night of the game. So that will be something to watch out for, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely would be surprised if uh, if he wasn't starting in the net Friday anyways, right. um, coming off those back-to-back shutouts. Do you have uh, so thoughts? You said you don't think Michigan State's going to come away with the sweep. I guess thoughts score predictions for Friday and Saturday? Ooh, see, I'm not too good at score predictions. Uh, we did Super Bowl score predictions, and I did not do too hot, but I think... Um, <laughs> it's no worries. I think <laughs> a couple weeks ago, AJ was like 0 for 3 on his predictions, and then the following week, he got it back, so there's always a chance for redemption. Sure. On okay, I would say maybe... Well, last time they played, it was like a 3-1, 4-2 situation, so maybe... Um, I would say maybe like a 3-2, maybe a 5-2, 4-1 type of situation. Like I would expect them to continue to be pretty sharp uh, defensively and in goal, but uh, Michigan State, I wouldn't count them out for scoring a few goals. And then hopefully their um, Minnesota's forwards continue to produce in the way that they um, they have when they've been needed to. So. For sure, yeah. So one uh, one tight one and one kind of gophers pull away and come out with a sweep either way. Sure. All yeah. right. All right, well, we can catch that happen uh, this Friday and Saturday um, at Mariucci. Well, Anna, thank you so much for joining. It's It's been great to have you here and talk about some hockey, be back in the office for a little bit, and uh, hope you enjoy watching the games this Saturday and look forward to all the coverage. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was good to get back on the pod. In other news, we have some breaking news actually coming about, coming out from the Gophers men's hockey team. Their series against Penn State on February 27th and 28th has been canceled amid concerns about the health and safety protocols in the Nittany Lions program. The Gophers will still be playing this weekend, however, against Michigan State. The Gophers women's basketball team is coming off a difficult loss on Wednesday to Rutgers where Minnesota fell 83-56. But it wasn't all bad news for Minnesota as Godiva Hubbard returned to the lineup after sitting out multiple games to injury. 7-10 Minnesota will return to action on Saturday in a difficult matchup against Maryland, the Big Ten's best. The Gophers women's hockey team is also coming off a difficult weekend in which they got swept by Ohio State falling 2-1 Friday and 3-2 Saturday. It will return to action this Friday and Saturday in their season-closing series against Bemidji State. The Gophers men's basketball team lost its matchup to Indiana on Wednesday 82-72. to 
Marcus Carr scored 19, and so did Jamal Mashburn Jr., but the two guards' games weren't enough to come out with a win. The Gophers are still yet to win a game on the road this season. They'll return to action on Saturday with a matchup against Illinois at the Barn. The Gophers baseball team is officially back in action this spring with their first game coming on March 5th against Indiana. It's been a long hiatus for the group since the season was canceled amid the pandemic last spring. That's all for this week. Be sure to check our website, mndaily.com, for more extensive coverage and tune in again next week to get the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Thanks.